Let's go ahead and start off and see. We have a number of prayer requests on our prayer list. Uh, hopefully, uh, you get this by email. Uh, Josiah sends this out uh, once a week. And if you don't get it, check in with him, and he can get it to you. It's important that we pray uh, for others, particularly uh, serious needs. We have quite a few on here with issues with uh, health issues, uh, cancer, family problems, all kinds of things. There's too many here for me to go through uh, in this time, but we think of uh, several of the the highlights. Um, Matt and Sherry Sedlicek are in the process of uh, trying to sell their home. They're going to be moving out of state, and so that's uh, a lot of work and commotion in their lives. Um, A number of people have unspoken requests. We do, as I mentioned, need more workers for the Iwana program. Pray for salvation for those who do not know Christ, that are friends and family. And uh, We have praises. Uh, Nancy Reinhardt's breast uh, surgery went well. Uh, pray for her recovery there. Uh, Janine Maddish had a supposedly successful uh, procedure done on her back, and uh, pray that that's healing her up. And uh, we have several praises. And that uh, one big one is we have the birth of little Hannah Anderson. Congratulations, Joe. Uh, Mom and little one are happy and healthy. Well, maybe not so happy all the time, but healthy. Congratulations. Uh, Friday, wasn't it? So two days old. Wow, youngster. Uh, I can relate. My uh, newest granddaughter is uh, three months old. Yeah, a little over three weeks old, I'm sorry. And uh, so you kind of feel the excitement about that. Yes, Mark? A praise? You have a new grandson, too. (laughs) Well, happy, healthy, or healthy anyway. Congratulations to the Britons on welcoming in their new grandson. Good job. Do we have any other prayer requests in the room this morning? I have one. I don't teach Sunday school very often. It's probably been a year since I've done it. Maybe not a year, but uh, once or twice a year, Rick will ask me to do Sunday school. And sometimes it goes well. Sometimes I don't think it does go so well. So just pray that this will be a, a blessing for all of us, hopefully. Uh, Time of help. Uh, so if there's no more prayer requests or praises, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given us, this day in your house, day to worship you. Thank you for your holy word that uh, we have the truth of Scripture to help us through our lives. We ask your blessing on those who have uh, health issues. Several here with uh, cancer scares and uh, um, injuries, broken bones, etc., etc. Think of our uh, shut-ins that couldn't make it here. Pray that you lift them up, encourage them, strengthen them this day. Please be with those who, uh, of our loved ones and family members who do not know you as Savior, Lord, that they may... uh, you may open their eyes that they may see and uh, 
bring glory to you through their salvation. May we be witnesses for you, Lord. We ask your blessing now in this Sunday school time and the ministries of this church, uh, services to follow, uh, Awana program coming up, and uh, all that goes on here. May it glorify you and not ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Good morning again. I titled this message, uh, not really a message, it's meant to be a Sunday school class. I'm not a preacher. Uh, you know, some of you know me, I'm not uh, a preacher. I didn't go to Bible college. I wasn't actually even saved until uh, in my 30s, 35 years old to be exact. So um, I'm, you could almost call me a, a recent convert, even though I'm quite a bit older than 35 now. But uh, I do like to look at, at practical applications for Scripture on our lives and how we see the world and how we can relate to Scriptures. And um, to keep myself in line, I made a pretty good set of notes to follow so I don't get distracted and go off on rabbit trails. I also don't know, not teaching Sunday school very often, I don't know how long this will take, if we'll get uh, through it all today or... We'll be done real quick, in which case I do have another, a rabbit trail I can add on at the end if we run out of time or if we have too much time. Um, title-wise, I originally titled this, and you can't read that. I made it too small. How'd that font get so small? I originally titled this, Living in the Here and Now While Looking Forward to the Sweet By and By. I decided that title was way too long. <laughs> but Doubt versus Faith is a subject that I think of uh, doubt in our lives, fear in our lives, things that we uh, have to deal with as far as doubt goes, is in direct conflict with faith sometimes. The two are like a teeter-totter almost. You have tons of faith, the doubts go away. You have tons of doubts, the faith is weak. And we all deal with this uh, to one extent or another. Uh, I Doubt if we know anyone who is perfect in their faith in the Lord and what he can do for us. Um, some are stronger than others. Some are weaker than others. But uh, to one extent or another, I think we all have to deal with this from time to time. Um, living in the here and now, uh, we live in this world. Physically, we're here. You're here. I'm here. We can talk to each other. We have that connection. We can see each other, touch each other. Um, but sometimes the spiritual things kind of get away from us because it can't reach out and touch the Spirit. can't reach out and touch God. Um, also, another subtitle I came up with, you can't read here, is called The Human Condition. I think, uh, as I just mentioned, we all kind of live with this. So, what is doubt? We all know what the definition of the word doubt is. And I think, uh, can you all read that? That's pretty okay, huh? Doubt in the Lord is actually a sin for us Christians. If you're saved and you know the Lord is your Savior, you already took that leap of faith. You had to accept the Lord by faith. You had to be saved through faith and not of yourselves. There's nothing you did, nothing you could buy, Nothing you can earn. The way you earn 
salvation is through faith in the Lord. So, um, doubting the Lord's ability to take care of you today, doubting whether he really loves you, many doubts can come in, in many different forms. We're going to get into that in a minute. But doubt in the Lord in and of itself is technically a sin. It's not right. We shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't have those doubts. But we all do it to one extent or another. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you're not a good Christian because you struggle with these things sometimes. If you don't think about the Lord all day, does that make you not a good Christian? Well, yeah, it's a sin. You should be dwelling on the Lord from time to time during the day. We can't think of him every split second, we're, we're at work, or driving a car, or etc., but we should keep reflecting back on him whenever we can. Um, we should be considering the Lord in everything that we do. First uh, Corinthians, you're all familiar with these verses I'm going to use today, but we need to further ingrain them into our, our daily lives and memory. First uh, Corinthians ten thirty one, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever soever ye do, do all to the glory of God. A very familiar verse. We've all heard it um, many times, preached on many times. But do we do that? Um, example I thought of is uh, when I go out to mow the lawn. I don't usually about mowing the lawn first, and I don't usually go out and think, well, I'm doing this to glorify God. I'm mowing the lawn. Uh, we don't think that way usually. But in essence, we can be glorifying God in the fact that we are doing something that needs to be done. We're taking care of the house. We're taking care of our property. We're taking care of our family, so to speak. And uh, that can glorify God. Um, it's when we take credit for what we do, that sometimes we take away the glory for God and try to point it at ourselves. Bad example, but hey, look at me. I mowed the lawn. Aren't I great? Um, Take it to a a bigger extreme. Sometimes we have, let's say, an athlete. One thing I have a little bit of trouble with these days is uh, football players and we saw it all on Sunday, if you watched a football game, any football game, doesn't matter which one, high school football game, grade school football game, they go in, they score a touchdown, and wham, yeah, bam, and do a dance, hey, aren't I great, look at me. Some of them point to the Lord, and that's, yeah, that's okay, but do we really need to jump around and dance when we do something well? Glorify God with that. Don't glorify yourself. Causes of doubt. Let's see, where am I on my slides? Causes of doubt. Okay, I'm, I'm caught up here. Satan will try to distract us from trusting in the Lord. And we get distracted in many, many different ways. Uh, we each have our own set of weaknesses. Uh, sometimes one person, uh, I think of, I'm, I'm married to my lovely wife, Debbie, and we have different things that cause doubt in our lives, different things that cause fear in our lives. Well, what are some of those things? Um, We have distractions like uh, fear. Fear is a big distraction. Now, there's different levels of fear, too. Um, 
you've all heard of the fight or flight syndrome where yeah if some crazy maniac is chasing you down the street with an Uzi maybe it would be good to run away and hide somewhere um, but yet there's other types of fears that can really interfere with our lives that may or may not be real uh, for example you just some people will just imagine something is going to go bad so they act as if it is going to go bad. I see a crazy person driving or running down the street, and all of a sudden I imagine, oh, that guy's probably got an Uzi and he's going to shoot me. Uh, not likely. I don't know. Here's a, an example from my life. This is a true story. Um, back in the, I want to say late 1970s, early 80s, some of you remember those times. <laughs> um, the 747 was a big new airplane and flew, you know, you could hold over 300 people or something like that. And the autopilot, I found out that the autopilot on that thing was so sophisticated for its day that it could, in the fog, land the airplane without pilot touching the controls. But that was pretty cool. I have... No problem sitting in a 747 that can land itself with it and not worry about the 300 other people on there. I have no problem with that. I trust that that airplane will land itself. But yet, I see a car going down the highway that says driverless car or Google, what was it? Uh, I forget the title, but they had a sticker right on the bumper that you, you could tell that a car could drive itself. And I'm pulling up next to it on the highway, and I'm thinking, what if that thing decides to turn right right now? <laughs> or what if I get one of these driverless cars someday, and I'm going along Big Sur, and all of a sudden it decides to drive off the cliff? I mean, there's levels of trust there, and it's odd that we would have faith in one thing, but not faith in another. Sometimes our faith gets out of balance. Um, we have a right to be scared somewhat of airplanes. I mean, we all know about the tragedies that went on recently with the Boeing 737 uh, design issues that crashed the airplane. That's not good. Now, again, like my father used to say, you're much more likely to die in a car accident on the way to the airport than you are on the airplane. It's just still true. The numbers justify that. But uh, we have reasons to be uh, scared for things, and sometimes we have to deal with them. Life, life is not perfect. What else do we have to deal with? Hardships. Um, hardships can cause doubt. Many different types of hardships can affect us. We have, uh, we're going to look at a, a couple in a few minutes here from uh, biblical characters. It's hard to, I can't, I can't categorize what, how many different hardships can affect our faith, or if it does. And sometimes we have hardships and then we say, yeah, that's okay, I can live with that, I can deal with that. I'm, I, still have, I still have my faith intact, because life will have hardships. But sometimes it can cause serious doubt, um, especially health health uh, situations and whatnot. 
Relationships. Um, our relationships can hinder, not necessarily cause doubt, but they can hinder faith easily. If you've fallen with the wrong people, or if you have someone that disagrees with you, and maybe they convince you of their point of view when their point of view isn't biblical, that happens a lot. Um, I think of myself when I was in uh, junior high and high school. I kind of had kind of had two different sets of friends. I had a set of friends that were uh, basically what you would call good kids. I had another set of kid, uh, friends that were, eh, like to stretch the rules a bit. You know what I mean? And um, you fall in with that wrong crowd, and we see it a lot today, where kids fall in with uh, gangs or uh, other kids doing drugs, uh, etc. It's uh, very important that we not necessarily uh, cut ourselves off from all relationships that might be with not-so-great people because we have to deal with it. Most of us have to deal with it at work. We go to work, you work with all different kinds of people sometimes. I work with, I don't work day-to-day with, but there's 500 people at our location in Morgan Hill. And uh, so I have a lot of different relationships there, people that I have to work with because it's part of my job, but some of them are nice, and eh, once in a while you run into some that are not so nice. Relationships can cause, help you uh, have less faith. Big one. I uh, can't. Yeah, you can read it from there. See, my problem is I'm looking at the screen in the back of the room, and the font's a lot smaller, so my glasses don't work that well. Global events. How many of you heard that there's a war going on in the Ukraine? Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty common. We pay attention to news, uh, not. Some of us check the news daily. Some of us might only hear it once a week or once a month or from friends even. But things going on in the world, politics, uh, crime, uh, financial uh, things. We're all dealing with the gasoline prices now. And we worry about things of the world that are totally out of our control sometimes. I don't think I can change what's going on in Ukraine I feel for those people. I feel for the Russians that got involved in attacking them. I feel for uh, especially the, the innocents, the, the elderly and the, the children that are caught up in this war. It's awful. What can we do? We can pray for them. But physically, we can't go tell Putin to turn his army around. Possibly the United States could, but that's a different subject. We're not going to get into politics today. Um, global events, we, uh, and I'm going to get into this in, a, in a, uh, another minute. We also have our toys. I put it down as toys. Uh, you've also probably heard the saying that the difference between men and boys is the price of their toys. Yeah, some of us uh, guys and girls would like to have a nicer car. Would you rather be driving around in an old beat-up VW Rabbit or brand-new Cadillac, you know? Take your choice. Um, We tend to let these things 
take more of our time and more of our, our even money, more of our attention goes into those things. Let's say, for example, you do get that 1965 Mustang you always wanted, but it needs to get fixed up. It's old. So you start tearing into the engine, finding out where you can buy parts for it, finding out where you can get the chrome redone on the bumpers, and it's, it's, that ends up taking a lot of your time. Yeah, it's fun. It's a hobby, and it's okay for us to have hobbies, but don't let it get completely in the way of your relationship with the Lord. Um, our ailments, we kind of went over that with hardships. Same thing, uh, different physical things that happen to us. Personally, I guess I, this is something I shouldn't be dealing with, but I do. I happen to, um, hate's a strong word, but I hate sitting in hospital rooms. If I have a relative in the hospital and I have to go sit there for days, that's not fun. I don't like it. And I don't want to be there. I should be embracing that as a way to minister to them and a way to build them up and uh, uh, that sort of thing. But it's, it's, it's hard for me. Um, that's one thing about ailments. And physical ailments can make you tired. So tired, you don't even want to read your Bible. You don't want to uh, take the effort to go to church. That can be a huge problem. Our daily grind. Um, work. I have this, uh, a lot of people have this ability, kind of. It's something I've, I realized I had for quite a while. I get in the car and I go to work in the morning, Monday through Friday, like your average person. I drive to work and my brain kind of switches into work gear. I start thinking uh, computers and machinery and what I have to do that day to make the boss happy and uh, get things done and uh, what am I gonna, how am I going to attack this problem and then at the end of the day, I get in the car to drive home, and my brain kind of switches back. Okay, I turn that off, which is really good, by the way, because it could be all-consuming if I think about work all day. Um, turn that section of my brain off and turn back on the home section. Okay, what, a, what do I have to do on the way home? Do I have to make any stops? Do I have to do this, do that? Uh, when the kids were in sports, do I have to pick them up? Do we have to go somewhere tomorrow? Um, but we can be so consumed with the busyness of today that we disregard the Lord. It's just too easy to get distracted to where we uh, don't pay attention to him. And that leads into information overload. Um, see what the next slide says. Nope. Information overload is a very easy concept for you to understand. Uh, Example I'm going to use is our cell phones, which reminds me, I don't think I put mine in silent mode. Oh, sorry, I was distracted. <laughs> I don't know about you, but call me old-fashioned because I'm old, but I find it a bit annoying when I'm having a discussion with someone one-on-one -on -one and their phone beeps, and all of a sudden, they're like this. It's, hey, we were, we were talking here. Um, those distractions just can pull you away 
from other people. They can pull you away from the Lord as well. Um, also, what we were just talking about, the world events, what's going on in the Ukraine, what's the latest on global warming. I'm really worried about that. And so you're sitting there reading it, and then, oh, oh, look. Um, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, we got uh, a, a husky puppy. And <laughs> we now have two huskies. But that's neither here nor there. But we ended up, somehow I got, ended up getting fed these husky videos. I don't know if you've seen them or not, but lots of people are putting videos out there of their huskies because they're characters. They're uh, exasperating sometimes. But <laughs> they're distracting. You're sitting there, and all of a sudden, this cute video of a puppy, or name, name your favorite thing, like cat videos, or this, that, and the other thing pops onto your phone, and all of a sudden, you're thinking about that instead of what you should be thinking about. That can be uh, problematic. On, uh, yeah, we need to detach once in a while from cell phones. I was quite pleased for the most part. Um, our granddaughter went up to uh, Wolf Mountain Camp a few weeks ago, and one of the rules they had at Wolf Mountain is the kids are supposed to leave their electronics at home. And yeah, it was, it was a great hardship for my granddaughter to leave her phone at home. <laughs> but she did it, thankfully. Uh, and, uh, she lived through it. Um, she had a great time at camp, and I'm sure didn't, she didn't have all those distractions to, to keep her away from what she was supposed to be doing. Unfortunately, I heard a couple of the other kids, their parents let them sneak their phone in. That kind of uh, defeats the purpose in my mind. But enough about cell phones. Do you worry about what's going on in the rest of the world? We already talked about Ukraine, global warming, politics. Oh, yeah, has anybody heard of this thing called covid yeah, we spent so much time wrapped up in COVID. And yes, it's a serious problem. It's a, a, a virus that kills people. That's, I think it's technically a virus, is that right? Um, so it's serious and we need to deal with it. But it can become all-consuming. Mark 4.19 says, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word, and it become unfruitful. Choke the word. Do we don't want to choke the word, do we? The lust of riches is another little subject I want to touch on. What time do you want me to be done, Kate? Ten forty? Ten thirty? Ten forty, okay. Still got plenty of time. I better stretch this out a little bit. Lust of riches, um, in my lifetime, I remember uh, hearing about Howard Hughes. How many of you know who Howard Hughes was? Um, he was big back pre-World War II, 1935, I believe it was. He founded a, uh, his aircraft company and started building airplanes. He built, uh, 1932, I'm sorry, 35, he actually set a world uh, uh, air speed record in one of his airplanes going 350 miles an hour or something like that. And he was actually a brilliant designer. He designed his own airplane, started designing other airplanes, ended up uh, not really getting aircraft that you're familiar with into World War II, but he designed some airplanes towards the end of the war that became, became kind of prototypes of other planes down the road. 
Also founded Hughes Aerospace, became big in uh, space, uh, space systems and uh, anti-missile uh, systems. Hughes Helicopter, how many of you have heard of a Hughes Helicopter? Brilliant man, very uh, rich, knew how to run his business, but uh, one of his big, <laughs> I should say literally his biggest accomplishment is an airplane they call the Spruce Goose. It was up until very recently, like I want to think within the last 10 years, was the largest airplane ever built, ever flown. Uh, had a larger wingspan than the 747 or even the C-5, I believe. But he flew it. It was called the Spruce Goose because it was made mostly of wood, which was one of its problems. It was way too heavy. Uh, but he did actually get it to fly once, it was a, a flying boat, got it off the water, landed it, never to be flown again. I, I guess he didn't feel safe. <laughs> this thing is not safe. But Howard Hughes, I remember hearing about it in the news, was, uh, became more and more, I don't know the, the psychological term for it, but I would just kind of loosely use the term crazy. I didn't study up on his biography or anything. But he became a recluse, became a hermit, didn't shave. Um, he did end up putting all of his holdings into a holding company, all of his companies, separate entities, into a holding company. But he never bothered to write out a last will and testament. So when he died, people were fighting over all his money. And the holding company ended up selling off all his holdings and Hughes Helicopter and Aerospace and uh, Aircraft Divisions selling off to other companies like General Motors and McDonnell Douglas and poof, they're gone. So what does he have to show for all his riches? Drove him insane even. Now, I'm not saying that maybe he didn't have some uh, medical condition that contributed to that, but uh, definitely we've heard stories of other people too that get so involved and worried about their money that they do crazy things. So what can we do to, to fight all these problems? We all have, to one extent or another, one or two of these issues in our lives sometimes that interfere with our trust in the Lord. And it's so important that we do have trust in the Lord that I'm thankful that we have examples in the Bible of great heroes of the faith, and if you look, almost without exception, they all had times where they doubted the Lord, or they feared for their lives, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, had their issues. So we're just going to look at a couple uh, today um, of the heroes in faith. Even they had times of doubt. We think of the, all the greats. We could go on and on down the list. Think of uh, Hebrews 11, uh, the, the faith chapter. Talking about our heroes of faith, that's where I got the idea from, of course. But uh, we're just going to touch on three, uh, four of these heroes. Abraham, great man of faith, but he had some issues too. Abraham, um, he doubted God at times. Um, just two examples that we know of. Um, he doubted that he would ever have a son to be an heir, a parent, to uh, multiply and, and grow the population. 
he doubted that that could happen in their old age. And as they got older, uh, they forced the issue with Hagar and had a son with her instead. And that's not how the Lord had uh, uh, planned it. Um, Hebrews 11. Yeah, let's go ahead and I'll read this to you. You don't have to turn there. In Genesis, I'm sorry, not, not Hebrews 11, but that refers back to Genesis 15, uh, 3 through 6. And Abram said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, So shall thy seed be. And he believed on the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. So he believed on the Lord, but it was a little too late, wasn't it? <laughs> kind of like after the fact. Um, sometimes we're like that. Uh, okay, Lord, show me. Show me. I'll believe in you. I'll believe you're going to do this for me, but show me. We think about it after the fact instead of trusting in him before the fact. Also, uh, we think of the time in Egypt when he feared for his life, uh, Genesis 20, 11. And Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. Um, I think Sarah bought into this too because, well, at least he told her to uh, lie about who he was, that he was not her husband. We all know that story. But that's a lack of faith and doubt and fear crept into his life and made him make the decisions that he made. Now, we know the stories ended up coming out well after the fact, but uh, there are consequences to what we do. Who else? Um, some of your most famous prophets, even. Um, think of Elijah. He was threatened by Jezebel. Jezebel said she was going to kill him. She had already killed off many of the prophets in the country, had her minions kill them, rather, and uh, she was trying to wipe out the priesthood from the country. And she wanted to do the same for Elijah because he showed up back up. Well, what did he do? He ran for his life. First um, Kings 19, 2, and 4, 2 through 4 tells us, Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, referring to the others that she had murdered, had murdered about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. He had given up. I just want to go home, Lord. We've heard that before from people that are elderly and, and ailing and uh, just think it's time. I want, to, I want to just be done with this. Be done with this. But yet, we think of Elijah as one of the great prophets of the Bible. We love the story of Elijah, how it goes on. And how he trained Elisha to come after him. And just so many miracles he was able to perform and, and preach the word and uh, show glory to God. Um, 
sometimes we, we think of all the great things they did. Those are the stories we tell the kids at Awana and at junior church and stuff. We tell them the stories of all the great accomplishments, the, the fantastic stories. But sometimes we don't think about, we always think about those rather than thinking about the doubts that they had. Here's one. We can debate this. This might be a, a good study for you to come back and, and debate me on this because I'm making this up on my own. This next slide is on, on me. I don't have a biblical reference for it per se. But I wonder about Joseph. Um, we all know the story of Joseph's coat of many colors, uh, all that. And I wonder if there were times... I. Scanned back through Joseph, the story of Joseph a little bit. I didn't go back and do a full study on it, uh, but I've read through it you know, numerous times because it's one of our favorite stories. But I don't know of a time in that uh, scripture where it says Joseph doubted God or Joseph didn't believe God would take care of him. Um, if you can find it, please let me know. I'm, I'm more than glad to except defeat on this one. But I'm just, in my own mind, I'm thinking, okay, weren't there times when Joseph might have had some doubts about what was going on? His brothers wanted to kill him. They threw him into the pit, which one brother saved his life. said, well, let's just throw him in the pit instead. We don't have to kill him. They sold him into slavery, he probably got sold again when he went into slavery for Potiphar. Ended up doing well there until Potiphar's wife accused him. Gets thrown in jail. Gets blessed there in the fact that the jailkeeper liked him and kind of took care of him. And he's also blessed by the fact that he can tell the dreams to the, the, the baker and the, the butler. He tells the butler, remember me when you go out of here, when you're free. Of course, the butler forgot. Forget if I'm on number six or seven. I kind of lost track, track of my fingers there. <laughs> the chief butler forgot about him until later. And all those things that went wrong, I, I would be seriously doubting. Uh, what else can go wrong? Sometimes I do that um, to encourage myself. Here's a little trick for you. This is, maybe you already do this. I don't know. I always tell myself things could always be worse. And Almost any trial and tribulation in your life could always be worse. Uh, let's just say you fall and you're on a hike somewhere and you sprain your ankle. It's going to be really hard to walk back. Um, back to where you came from. Well, it could be worse. You could have broken your leg. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I like to use that as a trick on the brain that, uh, yeah, it's not so bad. It's going to be okay. So let's have faith. What can we do to have, make our faith stronger? Uh, what can we do to combat doubt? Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our uh, doubts and issues in life that it seems like a hopeless battle. But there are, there are some things we can do. Um, this time, if you would, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, open up to Matthew for me. have faith, uh, you need to spend time daily in the Word. Spend time daily with the Lord. We have the example in the Bible of, of going into our closet and praying. Um, I tried 
for a very short time. I tried for a very short time uh, saying prayer. I was in a hurry to get to work. So I said, well, I'll just pray while I'm on the road. So I'm driving down Fraser Lake Road out in the middle of the night, and uh, I start praying, and then all of a sudden my brain gets distracted back to the car coming the other way or this and that and the other thing, and it just didn't work for me. You need a time where you can focus on your prayer, not a time where you're going to be distracted. Um, It's tough having a newborn baby. You're going to be in the middle of prayer, and all of a sudden, my diaper needs changing. (laughs) So things happen, but uh, it's best if you can find uh, some secluded time to just meditate on the Lord, deal with him daily. Uh, meditate on his greatness, uh, power, his mercy, his salvation, etc. The, the attributes of the Lord. If we think on that, rather than thinking of him as this cloud out in space, we have to sometimes, one at a time, look at his attributes and think, wow, he made this planet the way it is, this perfect place for us to live. And, or... Uh, all the things that he is and does. Uh, we need to take advantage of his spirit. The spirit, like I said before, is kind of, we, sometimes we think of it as nebulous thing out there that you can't grab hold of it. You have the spirit within you if you trusted Christ as Savior, so why not use it? We need to uh, get in touch with his spirit by doing the previous things, getting in his word, meditating, on his power. Um, the spirit is real, but we quench it many times by uh, all these other distractions and things we've just talked about. Another uh, aid I've found in uh, dealing with things dwell on your blessings. The reverse of what I said earlier about. Uh, Things could always be worse. Well, dwell on the things, the good things that have happened to you in the past. We have so many things to be thankful for. We don't even recount them all to ourselves. Dwell on that. Meditate on that. Um, For me, it's kind of obvious. I like food. Well, think about how great that meal was you just had at the restaurant with your family. How you got to spend time with your family. How you... uh, did something well at work, got something to work that wasn't working, and uh, thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord that we have the medical technology that we have today. He's given us that knowledge to have hospitals and surgeons that are smart enough to be able to uh, help us with our health issues. Um, So much better off than we would have been. Sometimes it's romantic to think about what it would have been like to live 200 years ago. I don't, I don't think it would have been very easy. We have it pretty, pretty good today. If you're in Matthew, uh, turn to uh, Matthew 6. And I'm going to read through verses 25 to 33. This is, uh, again, very familiar scriptures to you if you've been uh, studying the Word for a while. But, uh, again, it's something we need to keep getting through our thick skull. Not so easy to do. Matthew six twenty five. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, 
what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Clothing. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. There's something you can think of, too. Think of that verse when you see a beautiful flower out there. Um, I have some pictures that I took. I, I like photography because it's, it's kind of like a memory snapshot of, in time. We were on vacation up in Washington, uh, up in the Metho Valley, and we're walking out by the river, Metho River, and there's this beautiful little wildflower just growing wild out there. Gorgeous little thing. I took a picture of it because it had, I don't remember from biology all the flower parts, but it had all these beautiful little things going on with it, and it made for a, a great picture, but it was growing like a weed out there in the valley. It was, it was gorgeous. Dwell on that. Ah, oh, where was I here? Um, consider the lilies of the field, they grow, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, talked about Howard Hughes, all his wealth came to nothing. Shall he not much more clothe you? O ye little of faith. There's the faith thing. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But, there's the but. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Wow. I do not have that whole section memorized, but I think maybe I should work towards that. There's so much there that uh, give us lessons. I also, uh, makes me, it makes me think of the, the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. He didn't show us by example to say, give us tomorrow my bread for tomorrow. He said, give us this day our daily bread. And yes, we should be concerned for tomorrow. We do want to have enough bread in the refrigerator to last through the week, or etc., etc. But that's, that's not the point. The point is, trust in the Lord day to day, and he will take care of you. Um. One of my favorite verses on this subject is the fact that the war, this world, the war with Satan has already been won. Now, the reason I say that, it hasn't happened yet time-wise, but it's a done deal. John 16.33, you may want to make a note of this one, uh, my favorite verse. John 16.33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, Jesus speaking, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Notice it's in the past tense. It's, I don't know when it's going to be done. 
rapture may not be for another 2,000 years. I don't know. But it will occur. And with that, we're pretty close to on time. And uh, maybe next time I'll be able to go off on my rabbit trail. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we had together. And please bless the services in the morning coming up. We thank you for all the riches we have in you. And help us to have a deeper trust in you and uh, be better at glorifying you while we're living in this world. Please be with Pastor as he preaches and, and this morning and Trav tonight and uh, bring more people together for the services in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.